We found some uh, Christmas trap music. I dug it. <laughs> We're heading into the Christmas season. I hope you guys found some great deals for Black Friday. I didn't find anything and bought nothing and went absolutely nowhere. <laughs> somebody made a comment before the stream started, which I thought was really funny because all day long yesterday, I was thinking it was Sunday. And somebody said, how many of you were waiting for Christina's stream? Because you thought it was Sunday. I even thought it was Sunday. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys think of me like that. That's awesome that you would think of uh, coming in here on a Sunday to listen to some real estate news. I will let you know that what we're talking about this week is, you know, some uh, builders aren't happy. The sentiment is down, but interest rates are down as well. And we're going to be talking about, which I thought was pretty cool, a guy who bought an apartment on a cruise ship to save money. So we got three amazing stories. And of course, we'll be answering your questions throughout the stream, which I'm always really excited about. With the people that are here, tell us where you're coming in from and where you're watching the stream from. That would be awesome. And uh, we'll just get into the meat of the first story. We might have a guest. Um, I had a guest scheduled, uh, but they had some something pop up and they may or may not be able to come in. So hopefully, you know, that uh, we'll be able to see them. But there, if not, we can have them next week, which is fine. Or a week after that or the week after that. The invitation's always open to them. So anyways. Oh, we got some people from Canada. Hello, Sammy from Canada. <laughs> Michigan. Oh, I bet it's nice and cold. North Carolina, Columbus, Ohio. Lots of people from Michigan. I bet it's cold there. You know, that's one of the places that Eddie and I have considered moving to. Uh, my brother is actually going to be moving there soon. So, yeah. Bronx, New York. I was just in New York not too long ago. Springfield, Oregon. Boston, Massachusetts. I know. I know. Crazy May Stash is from Boston. She's from my hometown. So, <laughs> all right, Eddie, if you could pull up the first story, please, because we're going to be talking about why the builders feel so icky. They're feeling they have bad sentiment again. You know what happens when they have bad sentiment? They don't they don't build anything. <laughs> which isn't really good with our supply problem. So anyway, all right, let's, uh, let me open this up just a bit because uh, Christina can't see. So I have, and we we're down to one screen. There was a problem with my computer. So we're down to one screen. All right. Home prices are poised to drop as frozen housing market thaws Two experts say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love experts. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Home prices are uh, might be held up to lower, dealing with a blow to sellers, but providing a relief to buyers, two experts say. The only way out of the box, uh, the only way to get sales back up is to mortgage rates to come down, which they are. Incomes have continued to improve, according to who? Incomes aren't improving. All right. We have to avoid the recession, and I suspect we'll have to see some home prices decline at some point. Uh, let's like make that point soon. Redfin CEO Glenn Kel uh, Kelman made a similar call on Fox News interview this week, asking asked about mortgage Morgan Stanley's latest forecast of a three percent drop in home prices next year. Uh, he replied, "Seems to not possible, but likely." Can I just say one thing about these experts and their predictions? Because if you look at Goldman Sachs, they say it's going to increase 1.6%. They changed these forecasts, like, I swear to God, with a change of the wind. The housing market is ground to a halt th this year as the Federal Reserve's inflationary fighting hike interest rates have boosted mortgage rates uh, to over two decade highs, which they just froze and they brought down. Homeowners who have locked into as much cheaper rates have balked at the selling 
up and paying heavier monthly payments in for their next place. Meanwhile, prospective buyers have been priced out and many are waiting for rates to fall instead of settling for the worst uh, worse home than they wanted. Housing has taken it, uh, taken it on the chin. He pointed out that new data showing uh, annualized sales of previously owned homes fell about 3.8 million in October, the lowest figure since 13, in 13 years, and have to uh, go back to teeth of financial crisis to find sales that low. Okay, this is a scare, this is a scare article, because I'm going to tell you something. The reason why you're seeing less home sales, it's not because people are underwater. It's because people that would have normally sold this time of year are are locked into their interest rates. There's no there's no incentive for them to move or sell their home. Just like there's no incentive for home builders to build right now because homes are too expensive to build. So why would they build smaller, right? We always talk about why isn't there any smaller homes? There's no incentive for home builders to build smaller. There's no incentive for home sellers to sell their homes. If, you know, home buyers are struggling to afford the interest rates, why would they sell their house at the 3% interest rate they're at now to go into an 8 or 9% range, you know? Um, I do expect less home sales next year if interest rates continue where they're at. Uh, unless the job market falls apart, that would be the only thing that I would say that would make home prices start like really, really tumbling. Anyways. Oh, here we go. I don't expect the housing market to come to a roaring back, roaring back here. I uh, certainly not like a uh, 2020, certainly not in 2024. He said uh, probably would be only about until 2025 or 2026 before we see the sales levels that are more consistent with what we've been enjoying historically. So yeah, just like anything, the market gets used to certain home, uh, gets used to interest rate prices. It gets used to home prices. And then there's people that are like, I don't want to rent anymore. And then you get more people that are in the market. I, the, it's surprising to me how many more people are deciding to like take money from family members in order to purchase a house. That's on the rise too. Redfin's Kelman uh, struck a more optimistic tone, suggesting that the housing space is already heating up. There has been a change in the market and disturbance in force. He said, highlighting the amount of housing inventory that started increase. I'm so sorry that I have to like keep going around the camera like this. It's just that I can't see. <laughs> All right. The uh, the real estate broker's chief, uh, chief explained that more people listing homes and many homeowners who have failed to sell their homes this summer are relisting at lower prices. I have seen that in some markets because they had unrealistic prices. There are some sellers that were just like, I know I can get 450000 because my neighbor sold it in 2021 for 450000 Well, your home is only worth 425000 So the market has just frozen because buyers and sellers can't agree on a price. For the first time, there's a, a break in the, I don't even know what that word is. The lolligam? What is that word? Am I reading that right? <laughs> Eddie, what is that word? <laughs> Logjam? in the log jam for the first time there's a break in the log jam where we might see real real price drops that is going to spur sales i swear i know how to read but that is a word that i've never seen before a log jam and even though it was two i would have thought that would be two separate words but apparently it's a one word <laughs>
Oh man. Anyways, I will say this: the guy from the CEO of um of Redfin always makes me laugh because he says literally the most ridiculous things, and he always gives the most bleak predictions of the housing market. Affordability is the biggest crisis that we have in going on in the United States. Our home prices today are the worst they've been since the 80s, you know, like between the um, the price of the homes and the price of interest rates. Sellers are unwilling to sell their homes at a discounted price. So they're sitting on the market longer. Either if they don't have to sell, they're not going to sell. They'll just pull it off the market. But if they do, there is opportunity out there for for home buyers to negotiate. I will tell you this in this like in this economy right now the best way to get a um a good deal on a house with the interest rates of where they're at is with new construction. If if they have something that that's within your price range, they're even buying down people's interest rate rates. They're giving more incentives cuz like if you look at the, the beginning of the article Builder sentiment is down. They feel terrible about what's going on in the housing market and because not many people are buying their products. So they're willing to adjust to meet those demands. You know, like they would much rather you buy their brand new house than an existing home. So in, to sweeten the deal, they're giving you an incentive to purchase their homes by buying down your rate or giving you um, closing costs or giving you more upgrades to your to purchasing the home itself. And if they continue to feel icky, they will continue to give those uh, those incentives for you to purchase. But that being said, interest rates have been trickling down just a, just a bit. They're below eight again, thank God. Um, for an FHA, I think I saw it the other day, uh, the lowest I saw for FHA was uh, 6.125. And I was like, whew, that's pretty darn good for a fixed rate mortgage. You know, we're very lucky here. I never realized this, but in some countries, you have to negotiate your uh, your mortgage every five years. So even though you've had it like a mortgage, let's just say at like 3.4%, in five years, you're going to have to renegotiate it again. And you're always like trying to find a new mortgage every five years. That would give me the ultimate stress. I would hate that. I would hate that. So we're very lucky that we have the fixed rate for 30 years. Even though people, re, re, uh, what is it? They, they do a... Um, refinance all the time. So as Stewart said, it's a conflict as advisors to investors, they are biased to low interest rates. So the actual people are doing, not doing what they predicted. They have to justify why they keep getting it wrong. Isn't that the truth? And you know what? I'm totally off topic. So I don't know if anybody's seen like the Black Friday deal deals. There wasn't any. And if you looked at like the shopping malls, Targets, I don't know where you're at, but in my location, they were not spilling out onto the streets on Friday. Matter of fact, it was weird because actually the traffic seemed lighter. I read an article this morning that was saying, oh yeah, um, brick and mortar stores are seeing record profits from Black Friday shoppers. Who's buying? Like, I'm not buying. Are you guys buying stuff? I don't, I'm not buying it. I don't buy that storyline at all. I don't think people are, I could be completely wrong, but I know I'm not participating this year like I would have in years past because like money's tight and like, I'm, oh, and you're like, this, this is how ridiculous it is. Regardless if you like Miracle Whip or not, <laughs> one of the things I love after Thanksgiving is to have a Miracle Whip 
and turkey sandwich. Like I love that cold sandwich. I cut like that cold turkey with Miracle Whip. That's just the thing I grew up on. And I went to go buy a bottle because I only use it once a year. Go in and get, get this big thing of, of uh, Miracle Whip. And they were charging, no lie, after tax, $13.19. I'm like, take it back. Eddie, go back in there. I do not need it that bad. $13.12 at the grocery store. Luckily, we went to the next grocery store and it was like five bucks, which seems more, more reasonable. But how many of these like places are doing these kinds of things just to make us spend more money because they know that we're, you know, in inflation. So there's all this like greedflation with like businesses and companies and corporations. Anyways, back to housing, <laughs> back to housing. <laughs> so um, I will say this too, when it comes to housing, uh, real estate agents are panicked. They're panicked because of the fact that all these lawsuits are coming out and the way that we structure um, commissions will change. And ones that have never been through a uh, ebb and flow of a real estate market, they're freaking out because they're not selling as many houses because not many people are putting their house on the market. And the ones that are putting the house on the market, they're not finding enough buyers that can qualify for that house because of the interest rates. And um, next year to me is going to be a transitional period. We're going to see, we're going to know a lot more about what's going to be happening with home prices if they're going to maintain themselves because it's it's at a point now that it's so unaffordable for the average person to buy a house that like there has to be some give and take at this, at this point. I know that like 42% of Americans actually do not even have a mortgage. Um, so those people, you know, will not be selling anytime soon. Then you have a, a good portion of people that could afford a mortgage, but they can't find anything in their price range for them to afford. That is a, another big chunk. There's lots of people that are millennials and I'm talking, you know, millennials are in their forties now. These are not <laughs> people would like to say, oh, those kids, millennials are in their forties and they have good paying jobs. They could they could buy a house with no problem, but they just can't find anything that's in their price range for them to purchase. They would be great buyers for a home if it was available to them. So is I, I don't know what's going to fill in the gap. Is it going to be the you know collapse of something in the economy that makes people have to sell their houses for lower prices? I don't know. Is it going to be a collapse of... Um, you know, like who, who knows what it's going to be. And for people to say that uh, home prices are going to drop 3.8% next year, or they're going to raise 1.6%. There's so many different factors. I think it's irresponsible to even make that kind of decision on what's going to happen. Um, I still think that we're in a, in a, let's just see kind of, of uh, environment because incomes, people's incomes are not matching what the cost of living is and more and more people are struggling because of inflation and we're not the only country dealing with this every single country is dealing with it every single one of them so anyways we have a question that came in already here we go question is there a negotiation power when it comes to upgrading in a manufactured home what are the best upgrades for adding value Okay, this is a fantastic question, by the way. Thank you so much, uh, Dizzy Lizzie. <laughs> That's a great name. Um, so when it comes to a manufactured home, your upgrades that would give you the most value are things that would uh, people would perceive as making the home more uh, efficient. So if you've upgraded the insulation, 
You've up upgraded the windows. You've upgraded the roofing, the type of roofing that you put on, the, not the three tab shingles, but the, you know, the real good architectural shingles. Those kinds of things are what makes a manufacturer more appealing, especially in resale. Um, what was the second part of the question, Eddie? Can you put that back up on the screen? Oh, and can you negotiate that? Okay. So I would, you can't really negotiate. You can negotiate with the, the people that are selling them on the lots, but they're not, they're not, it's kind of like, uh, they, they're very like the price is the price, especially, especially in this specific market that we're in, because they're, they're able to sell them without even thinking about it. Right. If it's in a, in a different type of economy situation, they're much more negotiable. They'll they'll give you some more like upgrades, just like they would. It's the same as like purchasing a car or purchasing a brand new traditional stick belt home. They're going to be much more negotiable the worse the economy gets. Right now, they're in a situation that most people can't afford a home. So they're turning to the alternative, uh, different type of housing, which is manufactured homes. So they have a backlog of people that are trying to purchase them. So they're not going to be as negotiable as they had been in years previous, just to let you know. Johnny O says, oh, he's given uh, this message when trying to send you. Uh, oh, they apparently I, I can't get. Uh... Oh, what happened? So I was trying. So sorry, Christina. I was given this message when trying to send you. Send the RU. Oh, she, he wanted to give me a super chat. Johnny, you never have to give me a super chat. It's always, it's always a nice surprise. Sometimes, um, you know, YouTube be uh, crazy. It says you can spend up to $500 a day, uh, choose a different amount and try tomorrow. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they they feel like there's a flag on your account. Don't worry about it, Johnny. It's fine. I still love mm. you. I, I, I appreciate that you're here every single Sunday. I've, I'm just happy with your presence. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. <laughs> Falsification. Yes, greedflation is real. Approximately 50% of all inflation we saw in the past two years went to increasing profits and profit margins just by raising the price and blaming it on inflation. And we all know this. Like I've seen like multiple videos on like you know, Walmart, you're saying, oh, Black Friday deals. And that wasn't Black Friday deals. They actually increased it $20. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. I don't know. We have a we have a problem, a massive problem. And uh, corporations took advantage of us for the past couple of years. And we have no choice to, bu to buy food. So like, you know, the holiday season, you know that pint of hot, heavy whipping cream is overpriced, but you have no choice because you've got to make the meal for your family. And uh, they know they have us. And they know what we have to spend it. I feel bad for a lot of people. Uh, can you tell there is a, that an election is coming up? Well, you know, next year is going to really like, I'm going to tell you what, I will be surprised um, the, the months prior to the election if the interest rates don't go on, I'll go down. I will be surprised. The, um, I'll, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hear this old wives tale that said, never buy a home during election year. And I'm like, why interest rates always go down right before an election? Why does it, why, why was that a thing? Who said that? Like, why was that a thing? Like anybody that's older, who's heard that, what was the theory behind never buy a house during election year? Cause ever since I've been in real estate, that's always been the best time to buy because the interest rates are low right before 
isolation. Uh, all right. Tim Thomas says, keep moving to Florida, uh, baby. I'll sell you to the highest bidder. The thing about Florida, though, the thing about Florida is it's crazy right now. Insurance rates there are insane if you can get insurance. And then flood, in, they're making you in some areas get flood insurance, even though you've never flooded before. Like, uh, they in Florida, you pay 60% more than most people do in the rest of the United States for homeowner's insurance. I don't, I don't know. You, you can have that as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Miss Melanated says, uh, question, exactly. One of my friends is an RN. He's single and is having a difficult time finding something in Atlanta. Any suggestions? Oh, I have a friend. Uh, he's been on here. Um, Clark, the realtor. He's uh, got a YouTube channel and uh, he can help you in the Atlanta area find something because uh, I know that Atlanta's tough. You know that in Atlanta, this is no joke, in Atlanta, the most institutional investors, corporate investors, you know, those Tricon homes for rent, they were buying up as much as they could in the Atlanta area for a very long time. And they turned all of those homes that they purchased into rental properties. They weren't flipping them. It was insane, insane. So yeah, I, kn I know that Atlanta is a tough market. I used to live there a thousand years ago, back in the, back in the eighties when I was a, a little, little, little kid all the way through the nineties. <laughs> lived lived in the Atlanta area in Roswell. So, and even then, uh, houses were tough to come by, but Roswell was considered more country. <laughs> and Alpharetta was like, Alpharetta, and now it's like a booming metropolis. It was so funny. <laughs> that tells you how long ago I lived there. Anyway, anyway. So um, the next thing was about, uh, the next article that we have is about the interest rates, since we were talking about that and seeing what happens um, before we get into that article, apparently Alex has a 1999 super chat. Thank you so much. Super chat. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what do you think of super condos? Chat. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie loves to distract me. What do you think of condos with deed restriction in favor of low, in, um, low, moderate income tenants and buyers? Who I just did a video that's coming out really soon about HOAs in deed restrictions and especially with condos. So across the country, more and more deed restricted condos with homeowners associations have been scooping up a lot of money for the HOAs. Um, a lot of them have been caught with fraud. A lot of them have been like, they'll charge 130% more in association dues. And this again is just more predatory practices against people that have limited income and can't fight the big corporations. What happens is all of us live in a lot of us, a good portion. I think it's like 67% of people live in neighborhoods that have HOAs. A lot of those HOAs are run by management companies that you pay a flat fee to like the ABC subdivision pays this corporation to run the HOA. And they get a flat rate, but that's not where the, the management company makes the money. The management company makes the money off of the fines that they find you. So they start going after you for stupid stuff. And especially in condos, like you're a little bit over the line on your parking space, or you didn't, you know, you turned your car around in that parking space, or you left your garage door open, or you left it down and they'll find all these stupid things 
to fine you for so they can make more money. Not only that, because it's a management company and they're there to make money as much as possible and squeeze people, they start neglecting some of the repairs that need to be done in some of these condos. I would be very cautious and always interview people that are in the condo association themselves and outside, you know, like tenants, just as like, if you're looking at a condo, see people walking out and said, Hey, I'm looking at this house over here. I'm about to purchase it. I just want to know how your HOA runs and if it's running well, you'd be surprised. People love to either talk negatively or positively about where they live. So, you know, take the time to do that. I know it's an extra step in your life, but I would strongly suggest doing it. Um, I would also look up the neighborhood themselves and see if there's been any problems uh, within that neighborhood with the HOA. You, there's a ton of news stories coming out more and more about HOAs that have really taken advantage of people. And they have the right to foreclose on you for uh, neglect of paying those fines. Even if you never got a notice, you can't prove it. And most of the time, people don't have the money to sue them over the the bad practices that they've they've, uh, you know, put them through. A lot of times people will just pay it saying, I don't, I don't even know what I did, but I'll just go ahead and pay this fine because I mean, I just don't want to be bothered with it. And that's what they're counting on. And they're also counting on the fact that you don't have enough money to sue them in the first place because they have the deeper pockets. They're the ones that can crush you with, because they've been collecting fines for years. They're a big corporation. They have ample money to make it really miserable for you. So I just want to caution you, especially people that live in manufactured home parks, condominiums, townhomes, really look into those things before you ever uh, purchase. Just, all right, that was my little cautionary tale there. <laughs> Amanda says, question, what are your thoughts on the new Florida condo regulation laws coming next year in 2025? So Florida, I, I just saw this. Florida and Texas has some good things coming out. Um, I can't remember. I think it is Texas that, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's Florida so much, but Texas has um, something saying that they can't increase the uh, homeowner dues by that much. And they can't evict people without, they can't uh, foreclose on people without uh, like a registered letter where they signed off saying they hadn't paid the fines and they gave them so many days to to like rectify it. So, um, and so and apparently in Florida it says starting 2025, the new state law will require condo boards and buildings that are, uh, that are three stories or higher to set money aside to cover the cost of future and major repairs, not just for cosmetic stuff, but like new carpet paint and lobbies. Uh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, and I know that a lot of the condos associations are trying to make up for that. This is where the problem came in. So the law for Florida saying, Hey, we need to have this so much of this in reserve. So we're going to go to you, the, the members of this condo, to put in for the reserve. So these people are told that they have to pay an additional $5,000 for the entire year to cover up for this new law. Um, I get it. I get why they're doing it because that one building collapsed, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I think a lot of people are, because they're elderly, right? There's a lot of people that live in condos that are elderly. They don't have an additional $5,000 to shell out for this kind of stuff. So they're going to be forced to move. It could cause a big problem in in, in Florida, because if people are selling them for that reason, who's going to be able to buy them? Who's going to be able to buy them to pay those pay those prices? They're, they're asking for dues. I mean, it, you can see a collapse of the condom market in Florida. I don't know. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying that it could become an issue. 
All right. <laughs> Pooh's blustery day. Welcome back to the stream. So good to see you again. Do you know uh, what manufacturer home prices are like these days? Are they still super expensive or are they coming down? So believe it or not, manufactured home distributors and manufacturers are the only thing that I know of that always adjusts for uh, the cost of it actually for building the manufactured home. So uh, they had a peak of cost in the beginning of 2021, you know, like their cost to build manufactured homes was really high and it was reflected in their prices. When it, 2022 ran around <laughs> in 2023 ran around, the prices started coming down um, and they've kind of leveled off right now. I don't know where they're at right now. And also know this, that wherever you're purchasing your manufactured home, that is going to be the reflective of the price because it's $74 or $100 per square foot in Texas. It doesn't mean that's what it's going to cost you in Michigan. So um, just, you know, like when you're looking on online, just know that, just know that. But they do adjust. They're they're one of the few, few uh, types of housing that will adjust. If it costs them less to make it, they'll charge you less, which is kind of great. They're one of the few that I've ever seen do that. So Dwayne says, would it be possible for the government to ban corporate ownership of residential properties? Would it be possible? I mean, anything's possible, but do, I mean, let's, let's be realistic. Do you think that politicians whose campaigns depend on corporate money to get them elected is going to put any kind of law that will no, no, like they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do it. Their their campaigns are paid by the same companies that are buying up those homes, and they're not going to put a law that jeopardizes their chance for either election or re-election. I mean, we we're all bought and sit, paid for by like Kimberly Clark and <laughs> like you know the, all those people smiling on screen and waving and have an R and a D behind their name. They're all just like really, they should be sponsored by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. That's what they should be. <laughs> you know, like, let's be realistic. Um, there is a manufacturer home park in Central Florida that is charging 2000 a month. The new thing is that they are reflecting on the market rate and equal to the rent market rate of rent. That is insanity. And see, you know, this is the thing with uh, manufactured home parks. If you don't know, uh, if you have a manufactured home, the, the home itself is usually yours. But the land that they set the house on, the manufactured home, the mobile home, is rented. So that's what they're paying for, the rent fees of that land. They can charge whatever they want. They can increase the price whenever they want. They can increase it to the point where you can no longer live there anymore and they do not care. And do you know what happens to the home that sits on that you've paid for? You can technically move it, but it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And you got to find another park that you can put it in and you got to reset it and everything else. Those corporate investors that have bought out those parks know that these people have no choice but to either walk away from their homes, move the house. They don't care. They're either trying, the corporate investors are either trying to force these people out of their houses or just make as much money as they possibly can. And they say, well, we're doing it for the benefit of the community as a whole. It isn't just the fact that it's this specific park. We're trying to beautify it for everybody in the surrounding areas to clean them all up. And that's why we're doing this. Um, but they're not doing it for the love of the people in the park. They're doing it to make as much money as possible. A lot of your REITs 
if you guys invest in REITs, they're tied into manufactured home parks and they know they're a cash cow. That's why so many corporate investors have bought them out. And there's no regulations and laws to stop them from increasing uh, rents to those lands at all. I mean, they can do it to the infinity and there's nothing stopping them. Not a thing. There's very few states. I think there's only like three states that have laws that protect people that live in manufactured home parks. It's, it's disgusting. It really is. Uh, V-Man says, question, I was at Costco today and it was very busy and prices on everything was expensive. How can people uh, make a living with, with housing, gas, food, utilities, and all these other expenses? Uh, very hard to put money away. No kidding. It's hard to put money away. Like, honestly, honestly, I like, I remember a hundred dollars in groceries. I remember like my whole car being like packed to the nines. <laughs> When I used to spend a hundred dollars in groceries, and now I walk out with a hundred dollars in groceries, and it's two thin little bags. <laughs> I'm like, I have peanut butter, crackers, bread, a tomato, and some lettuce. This is a hundred dollars. And in the the most messed up part is that it never needed it never needed to be this expensive. Right now, they're using all of these corporations, the corporations, the stores, the corporate stores, they're using the word inflation to increase prices on us. I don't know why they're trying to squeeze. They're just trying to make as much money as they can. They want that big bonus check at the end of the month, you know, to give to their, uh, you know, all their CEOs. So gross. So gross. Oh, we have 420 people watching today. Thank you so much for coming in. If you're new to the stream, make sure you give me a little thumbs up. I appreciate it so much for you coming in. And I'd see a lot of faces that have been here before. And I'm always thankful for every single one of you. And I want to thank our mods too. They're always keep, keeping the chat clean. I'm watching you guys. Thank you so much. Stevenson says, these builders are getting desperate with incentives offering between 18 and $25,000 for closing costs. Oh, where is that? What what state is that in? I, I bet you it's like Austin or Phoenix or something. Because it's not in my area uh, of Baton Rouge. They're not that desperate. Not even close. They're not offering $25,000 in uh, closing costs. I mean, I've seen uh, the highest I've seen is $10,000. Um, and then like a month ago, they were offering incentives to real estate agents to bring buyers in. But that only lasted for like a couple weeks. They have plenty of buyers. They just... The homes are too expensive with the interest rates where they're at. I think one of the weirdest things, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this. So whenever you hear like the experts talk about the interest rates of homes, they say, well, you know, if the, if the interest rates were lower then people, then the homes will be more affordable. But a lot of people can't afford the prices of homes in their area. So like if a $600,000 home isn't going to be more affordable if it's at 1% for somebody that's, you know, a teacher and a police officer in the area, because their income doesn't match how much the median price of a home is in that area. Like, I just, I think it's crazy that they keep saying, well, interest rates lower, they don't, everything will be affordable again. That doesn't, that doesn't make it more affordable. A lot of people can't afford that house even at 0% interest rates. Like, you have to build homes that are affordable. <laughs> it's not that hard. Build homes that are smaller and more affordable for people. It's so crazy to me, like wild concept. You don't have to build, you know, four, five bedroom houses all the time. Why don't, and I know why, 
but in my brain, I'm like, why don't they just build smaller houses? I know why they don't, but um, we need to give them incentives to do it because they would sell like hotcakes anytime. Like it's always a joke, like here, like everybody calls it the unicorn. If you can find a uh, three bedroom, two bath house under, you know, X, Y price range, they call it the unicorn. Does anybody have a unicorn? That of a house that's under 250,000, that's a three bedroom, two bath in X, Y, uh, you know, school district, because it doesn't exist, you know, and it should exist because there's tons of people that want to move to that area. Why doesn't it exist? It's insanity. Anyways, question. Why, uh, when you buy a condo, can you always request the res uh, reserve study, not just an HOA meeting minutes? Yes. Yes, you can. You, and you can, um, like I strongly recommend whether you're buying a brand new house in a brand new neighborhood, whether you're buying a condo, townhome, even the manufactured home park, get a copy of the restrictions, the HOA restrictions, everything that you could possibly find out about living in that neighborhood itself, because the HOA can make or break a neighborhood. And uh, like for your own peace of mind, some HOAs are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, some of them are, are just not even worth it, but you know, and I'm, in some cases they're good. I'm not saying all HOAs are terrible because, you know, I happen to like my HOA here. I don't have a problem with them. But, um, when we had a management company that was running it, I had a big problem. We got in trouble because we had our, our garage door open. Like we got a little fine in the mail that was because we left our garage door open. I'm like, we were doing yard work and my kids were playing outside. Like, of course the garage door is open. They're riding their bikes up and down. Like it was so stupid. So dumb. We got rid of them. <laughs> we got rid of them. All right. Home repair, home rapid repair. Hello from Michigan. There we go. Uh, howdy. Here in Michigan, we just got our first snowstorm of the season. Oh, I'm super jelly. I would love snow here in Louisiana. <laughs> I would love snow. Is it like, is it everywhere snowing? Is anywhere else snowing? Clementina Reynolds says, question, with the silver tsunami coming, how will this impact the real estate market? Will there be more comp uh, competition for affordable resale homes? Um, I don't know if you saw last week's stream. So last week's stream, I talked about the silver tsunami. This is something they had been predicting since, I swear to God, for 15 years. I've been talking about it for quite some time. The, the theory is, is there is going to be a bunch of baby boomers that are no longer going to want to live in their bigger homes that they raised their families in, and they're going to want to sell them to move somewhere else like Florida. I don't see that. I do not see that happening. I do not predict that happening. It actually makes no sense. Most of them, a, a good portion of retired people are retiring in place. They're not going anywhere because interest rates are high and there's no incentive for them to want to move somewhere else. They've lived there and raised their families there. And a lot of their family members are moving back to their house. I don't see a tsunami of, of people uh, selling their homes. And another thing too is uh, one of the largest group of people that bought homes during this last housing boom was baby boomers. And they wanted a second house to own. Um, I The tsunami would be of them passing on that real estate to other family members. I don't see it being like this thing of, you know, all these baby boomers are going to sell their houses. Another point I want to bring out about the silver tsunami is that a lot of people are on fixed incomes 
they may have not made the best financial decisions in their lifetime. And the only equity they have in their life is in their home. So a lot of them have done like reverse mortgages, but some of them, and this happens a lot, was they get to the point where they're so ill and have no family members to take care of them. So the homes that are available, assisted living homes that are available to them say, look, I know that you're on a Medicare, Medicaid, whatever. And what we can do for you is you can you can go ahead and join our um, assisted living, but go ahead and sign your home over to us and that will cover all your medical care costs. And since they're at the end of their life, they're like, whatever, that's what I'll do because that's the way I can be, I can have affordable health care for myself, uh, my, my end of life, basically. So um, yeah, I don't see a, a wave of um, homes hitting the market from a silver tsunami. I think that a lot of people are have hopeful thinking when it comes to that. We're in a different world than we were 15 years ago. And I just don't see that happening. Just do not. Uh, I loved the expression though, because they made it seem so like, <laughs> I, I, you know, like the descriptive words that they use for real estate always make me like, they're good, you know, like housing crash, you know, I'm like, I'm like, why don't they just call it the housing nuclear explosion? You know, the silver tsunami. It's so ominous. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I use those words for my titles because it works. People click on it, but it's always funny to me. All right. Question. It says, do you get a lot of applications on your website? I put a request. I wanted to know roughly the ETAL, how long it will get back to us. Well, I have been, uh, I'm not going to, sugarcoat it. I have like taken a week off because, you know, the holidays, I haven't really looked at my emails, but normally it's, a, it's usually about a week, you know, like within that week, go ahead and fill it out again. I, I, it might've fallen through the cracks somehow. I've had people like help me in the past with emails and not necessarily things get to me like they should. So go ahead. If you don't mind, if you would fill out that form once again, and I will get back to you. Um, if it was a request for any kind of like sponsorship deal or um that kind of thing i a lot of times i don't answer those that that's a that's an assistant thing i don't answer those all right gone rogue has a question it says if you have income from the va disability can you get approved for a home loan uh and do you qualify for special pricing thank you um i i'm not a lender I have, I really don't know if there's any special, uh, disability loans available. I really just don't know. Um, I, I'm, there shouldn't be a problem for you to qualify as long as your debt to income ratio is there. But, um, as far as like special pricing, I don't, I really don't even know that either. I, I'm just not a lender. I, I don't work in that field of, of real estate. I usually, if I have those kinds of questions, I ask a lender. <laughs> I, I just don't know. And it's always going to depend too on your credit score and your debt to income ratio as well. So just know that, you know, there's, a, there's benefits to a VA loan. That's for sure. Margaret says question. Have you checked out uh, incredible tiny homes? I see, uh, I see my home that I owe on still and buying it outright a tiny home as a, facilitating my retirement. I, I know of them that they have a YouTube channel. I spoke to the guy, um, who runs it oh, several months back. Um, I don't really know much about them other than they make tiny homes. I haven't, 
I know they make like a little shell of a house that you could like, you know, put all your stuff in and like, it's just a shell. You put all your stuff in there and it's like, I think it's like a $10,000 tiny home, but it, you'd have to do a bunch to get it up to, to snuff. I don't know much about them. Um, I have like looked at their, their, uh, YouTube channel, but other than that, I don't, that's all I know about them. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. Hold on. Hold, hey, Chris, I have to tell you, hold on. We have, we're in the, the presence of Royal here. Oh Look at this, everybody. If you don't know, this is Javier. <laughs> Javier is always helping people on the YouTubes. He's always he's he's ahead of the game when it comes to first time home buyers. And if you haven't checked him out, you got to check out Javier. <laughs> he's with us today, and he's going to be talking. I am. I am. Uh, wait, I hear a little echo. Is that me? That's you. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm glad glad to be here. It's been a rough day, but I'm I'm happy to at least make the last chunk of it. I'm very interested about your uh, home builder article. Did you already talk about that? Um, I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the uh, stream. So what do you want to talk about with the home builders feeling icky? I always, I hate that. That's the worst index in the world. The builder sentiment, they feel icky and they're not going to build anymore because they feel bad. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because I think right now um, home builders are in an essence, the saving grace for first time home buyers right now, because right now, um, you know, people always are going after me specifically because I'm an agent, right? And I was, oh, you're, you're giving all this, you're talking about the housing market and all this, but you're an agent. But even though I'm always saying don't buy right now unless you're this, that, or the other, people always, but anyways, the thing is, is that for the particular people that are like, I'm buying right now because of this strong X reason, then, you know, that's why I'm doing it. For those people, they're, they're really getting scammed if they go get a resale and they're getting a 7.5% rate or anything. So home builders right now offering that 5.5% rate buy down that, you know, like I had a recent deal. Um, I think it was like two days ago. They're getting under contract 20,000 below list price or getting, you know, 10,000 in concessions or getting a 5.5 rate. But then they're doing it. They're doing the first two years is getting three, then a 4%, then a 5.5 for the rest of the time. So it's they're it's the sentiment being low is it's interesting because as i've i toured literally this last week like maybe two dozen home builders almost everyone is on the same page that it's like a really interesting period right now and if rates do drop to the six percent which is what they're predicting and, and they start kind of going to that more uh more people want to go to the home builders and they start doing raffle systems and like that again, then it's going to get very interesting. But right now it's an interesting period because people are, are like so averse to going to look into home buying that they're not really looking at their options that they're kind of enjoying the sweet little like period of like not so being so busy, but also giving good deals. And they're not the bad guys right now, if that makes sense. So <clears throat> the sentiment being low, I mean, you're right about that article being a little weird is I don't necessarily think, I mean, they're still building, they're still, very much um, providing a valuable service to folks right now um, for now. But I think in the next year or two, they can easily start turning, becoming the bad guys again, as they were like in 2021, 2022. What I said at the beginning of the stream was that I think it's a good time to start uh, raking those, <laughs> raking in those incentives as much as possible from those home builders. I mean, they are offering, you know, the, the buy downs, the closing costs, the uh, upgrades, all those things to get you to purchase their uh, their existing uh, stock of homes. I think it's a great idea. You know, like 
look, look at new construction. Don't write it that off, you know, as, as much as it is. But I, I, the problem with a lot of people is the fact that even, even new construction, even at the lower rates, even with all those incentives, they're still, it's still not affordable for them. So yeah. there's still a lot of people, no matter, no matter what, uh, you know, no matter how low the interest rates go, there's yeah. just not going to be uh, anything affordable for them, even though they have good paying jobs, just the price point, the cost of homes today is so much more than it was even two years ago. So they can't 100%. find anything. And, and so, those people should continue to, to prepare. They can should continue to keep saving. Um, this obviously falls for a very small percentage of people who have to buy, which mm -hmm. believe it or not, there's a small percentage that they are that way. Well, it's you, get relocated though. Like the companies will encourage you to buy a house. They'll they'll say, "We'll we'll pay for the move. We'll give you X amount for your closing costs if you purchase a home in the area." Like some yeah. of the businesses will do that. Yeah. Do you like my title under my name? <laughs> it's not Spanish, so I don't know if you guys. <laughs> my husband's Colombian, and I said that my husband is Spanish. And Javier said he's not. Spanish? No, I said, oh, he's from Europe. Oh, yeah. he was born in Spain. He's no, he's Colombian. Spain. No, he's I mean, Spanish. he's not Spanish. He's Spanish. It's like, I, he's no, he's Spanish means he's from Spain. All right. Well, then, then, he, <laughs> then he told me I was racist. <laughs> Jokingly, no. <laughs> so. I can change it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I was being funny. All right, TJ, go ahead. Eddie, you want to put that back on the screen? Oh, Chris, sorry. Uh, Hart, Christina, what do you think of the tiny home uh, community in uh, San Antonio, Texas, built by Lennar? Prices appear to have cut by 30000 in the past few months. Let me tell you something. I showed that tiny home community a while ago, and the prices they were suggesting for those tiny houses was absolutely crazy. It was like... There's no way it was like uh, double stack shoe boxes. The small, there were tiny houses that the upper level was the, the bedroom. The lower level was the kitchen. And they were like, like so, so small. I mean, super tiny. I, I can't remember. I think they're stupid. I think the, the prices they were asking at the beginning made them super unappealing to people. And now people have turned off from it. I'll be shocked if they don't come down even more than 30%. They they were shooting to the moon when they those uh, those houses first came out. Uh, the, the ones that it looks like it went viral on TikTok? Is that the one you're talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, they, went, they went viral for how ridiculous the, the prices were. In San Antonio, Texas. I mean, in, uh, in a video, I even showed that, like, there are homes, existing homes in the area for the price that Lennar was asking for their tiny home, one bedroom, tiny homes. You could buy an existing older home that was built in the eighties or nineties. Sure. It needed some tender, loving care to it, but you got quadruple the space and a yard. You know, I would rather buy a house that I need to fix up than a, than a shoe box for that price. Yeah. It was stupid. I think it was like 175,000 for a hundred and 175 square feet tiny home it was like it was so dumb like who's gonna do that yeah you guys are gonna start seeing price reductions all builders i think in the next quarter like that's 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 not some people start seeing price reductions and they start getting like oh gosh it's happening no it's like there's a lot more factors that are gonna make things go down and prices going down is just something that just happens when demand is low and supply is high 
Well, not only that, building materials have come down quite a bit mm-hmm. than they were at their height. So they even don't have to be as expensive. Yeah, they don't have to be as expensive. The cost of labor is still extremely high. I bet but- they were super profitable this last like the first half of the year because yeah. prices were going down. The but they were able to still sell high, but the labor and the and the materials went low, so they were probably just raking in profits. So now they okay, we're going to stop being so greedy because they can't get away with it. And so yeah, it's not. I don't think people should start panicking quite yet. Oh no, we're not. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, Dizzy Lizzie has a question. It says, uh, "What is the best kind of foundation for a new mobile home in a desirable rural neighborhood with large acreage parcels? Is it important to have a crawl space?" Um, I would talk to your uh, real estate agent if you have one in the area. In my area, it's good to have it on a slab. You got to make sure that you have those good hurricane straps. But the ones out of slab uh, are are good, and I would have a crawl space, mostly because in the flood flood area, you know. So you would have the slab, you have the piers, so the water can flow underneath that crawl space. That's what I would do. But that's in Louisiana, so you may want to check out. I don't know where where you live, and I don't know, I don't know what the customary is for that specific area. Did I miss the comment, Eddie? Eddie Teddy. Eddie Teddy. Does that Eddie ever get a break or do you just have him work 24-7? Oh, I, he's always on call, man. Like in the middle of the night, I'm shaking him. I'm like, Eddie, I need Eddie, a thumbnail. Christina needs it. a coffee now. Get it, get it for me. That's how it always is, man. He is on it too. <laughs> <laughs> Corporations know we're uh, going to blame the inflation instead of them. Yep. So they'll keep squeezing it. Uh, as if, I feel like for this, for the upcoming generations trying to buy homes, save and enjoy life, like, uh, like with the with the what money? Yeah, save and yeah, exactly with what money? You're right. Save, save, save your money. Make sure you're make sure you're saving your money. Who's got money to save? Like the younger generations don't have any. And I, you know, I really feel like they always um, position these articles as a way to pit generations against one another, right? Because they're always like, boomers did this and boomers are the ones to blame for housing prices and boomers, boomers, boomers. Like I always read these articles. Do you know what the gro- largest group of homelessness in the United States is? Largest The largest group? growing, the fastest growing oh. group of people of uh, homelessness. Boomers. I'm, th- I'm assuming you're saying boomers, yeah. It is. Yep. Yep. They had saved their whole entire lives. They lived in areas that were like modest condo associations or manufactured home parks the prices got so incredibly high they had no choice but to become homeless and there's no place for them to live because the price of housing has gone up that much in their specific area yeah i get that i think the sentiment the native sentiment is more directed towards not necessarily boomers but any older generations that are always they always come across and like well i just I don't know what they're complaining about. I just, you know, got out of college. I bought a house and everything's great. Or when I bought, it was this, that easy, right? But which is a very small percentage. So I think it, I think it's when you, when you're, when you're signing a blame to all boomers, it's the thing. Correct. I think it's a small, a small percentage of every generation sucks. Let's just, assume, <laughs> let's just agree to that. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a small percentage of every generation totally sucks. Yeah. I concur. Yes. <laughs> Amanda says, appreciate you, Eddie. 
they appreciate you and she appreciates me. I appreciate you, Anna. I appreciate you every time that you come in. And did you happen to see that article that came out um, about the guy who like was trying to offset his costs by buying a, a space of a cruise ship? A man buys his entire apartment on a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cheaper than a home. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, some, some, boomer, some boomers have done this too. We'll get into that in just a minute because it's really interesting if people are, have the little some jobs. Jay Chris has a question though. says, sorry, I meant to uh, show more houses like these being built. I like the idea, but I've been seeing uh, 10,000 10, or 30,000 price cuts on homes in a few areas, California, Texas, and thank you. Well, they probably were overpriced to begin with, and they were just, they're testing the market. So now they're bringing it back to where the the market decides on how much homes are going to are gonna sell for every single time. And anytime that we ever talk about the market and home prices, you know, people will say, well, the reason home prices went up was because of real estate agents. No, <laughs> I mean, we, we like to think, you know, a lot of real estate agents would like to think we have that kind of magical power, but that's, that's not it. Um, if people don't have the money and the interest rates are high, they're not going to buy it. So in, in theory, the home prices should, should come down, except for in this last, this last couple of years or year and a half, interest rates went up. Home prices remain steady because we don't have enough homes on the market to offset the home prices to adjust. And that's why we've been seeing it where it's at. So let me, let me ask you something, Smallhorn. Sure. So recently someone asked me about the idea of a starter home, right? And okay. how that concept, a starter home, it sounds like a term created by salespeople who are like, hey, it's just a starter home just in two or three years you can buy another one and then buy another one right so it's like it's just to start you off right so it's 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 encouraging more short term ownership rather than long term ownership right do you think maybe that that is an idea like the marketing of things that maybe perhaps agents and lenders combine are somewhat responsible for influencing the way consumers see real estate and you know, this idea of like, oh, it's just a starter home. It's okay. You know, oh, it, it's not going to be my forever home where don't you think that there's some blame there? Or do you think realtors are more like a symptom of a larger issue of this whole and then your house is a slot machine investment, you know, fad that's been going on for the last 20 years? I think I think I think it's to uh, appease expectations because a lot of people will, when they go in to get their first home, they have these visions of the white picket fence and the rolling hills and be able to have a barn in the back and a porch that wraps around all the way around. And so real estate agents are bringing them back to the, to meet them in the, where they should be at. Like, this is your budget. This is how much you can afford. This is how much the house is are in this area. This is where, this is where you're at. This is just a start right? You're just getting your foot into real estate. In seven years, when you expand your family, then you can get into your next house. That's how it works. I don't think the term starter home is a is a negative thing. I think it's a, a way to kind of put real estate into perspective. You, your first home isn't usually your dream home. Shouldn't agents be encouraging long-term homeownership instead of short-term homeownership? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a good question. I don't think... I think seven, I always tell everybody, you know, if you're not planning on living in a house for more than seven years, don't buy one. So is then that considered long-term? Yeah, is that I mean, a considered could, a long-term investment? I, I think so. I mean, seven, seven years plus, 10 years plus. Um, 
uh, is it even an investment? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think the way I think, I mean, it's buying a house is such a no brainer this last decade. And the, the marketing that came up because of it is I think something that's going to impact the brains of people for the next like 10, 20 years, right? Where we have these ideas of like, oh, just start your, this is just a starter hail. Your next home will be the home of your dreams, right? Or maybe we shouldn't be thinking that way. Maybe we should be thinking, hey, this is going to be a house that suits your needs and hopefully maybe suits your needs in the next five to 10 years. So think wisely. And if you can't afford that house yet, maybe you shouldn't be buying yet, right? So I don't know. I just, it's, it's interesting to have that conversation. That, I don't think anybody that can't afford it. Like I talk about being, people being house poor. That's the dumbest thing you can possibly do. Like how stupid you buy this house and you can't even put furniture in it. You're, you're a dummy, you know, like don't do that. Um, but I, the thing is, is rent isn't getting any cheaper, right? It isn't like there isn't That's a problem. Yeah. And then there isn't a supply of houses that are going to fit those people that are looking for those starter homes. They just don't build them. So if you yeah. can get your foot in the door with something, instead of paying rent to a landlord, I'd rather pay my mortgage than some landlord's mortgage for him. And that and that comes out of your personal values and beliefs of owning something instead of having someone else own what you own or I live right. So well, like that's not is that not really an investment anymore? It's more like your values of owning rather than oh it's an investment. Okay, well let's just put it in perspective like this. I'm a boomer who owned a house, right? You're a boomer. No, let's just I'm just saying that. Let's just say oh. I'm a boomer that owned a house. And now I've fallen ill and I can't make the payments anymore and I need assisted living. If I rented that house, I wouldn't have that leverage to be able to pay for my assisted living. I now have that leverage because I owned a piece of real estate that I yes. can turn over to the assisted living facility. The To own a house gives you more leverage in other things, in other aspects in your life. Yeah, you could I, love, and I love that. I love the name. I love leverage as a word instead of investment. Right. I think maybe that's a word I should be encouraging more. It's leverage. It gives you leverage over your life. Right. Yes, you owe mortgage. You Someone technically owns the property with you, the bank, but you have leverage over that leverage also locks you in. You know, you can just freely move every year to year. But, you know, some people hate that. But anyways, this is an interesting conversation. I think we should start having more not only just agents, lenders, but just home buyers. Just like, hey, let's talk about how different things will be. Right. I, I always tell people, if you're not planning on living in a house for more than seven years, then just forget about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stop. Mohammed um, said, just, uh, I just submitted an offer 5% lower than asking price in Iowa and got rejected. Inventory is still very low. And that's, that's a problem in a lot of areas. I mean, you don't have that as much of a problem with inventory, do you? Not right now, um, Phoenix. So um, there's a, oh my gosh, I should have sent you this article. There's an amazing article I found where it describes perfectly how Every market, individual market needs to be judged individually. And there's like your market is either in four options. It's either a boom and a bust. It's a no boom and a bust or et cetera, like every variations. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe Iowa was a boom and it hasn't busted. There's mm -hmm. it's just every local. That's why these. Well, they can Sorry. flatline for years, too. Right. So during the last housing recession, when everything was supposedly falling apart, we, we were flat here in Baton Rouge. We remained yeah. flat for three years did we have foreclosures in the area so you, yes. did, so you didn't boom you didn't we boom never had a big bust. boom we well because of katrina there was a big boom but we didn't oh, yeah. we, we didn't completely drop out our our home prices even though they increased they didn't increase to the point where it was still unaffordable for the average person to to be able to purchase a home that never happened so when the homes supposedly busted in our area we did have some foreclosures in the area but it wasn't it wasn't as many as like Orlando or Phoenix, Arizona. So we didn't see a huge decrease in home price. Like I said, it was, it was flat. 
you know, we just remained flat for th about three years. And then all of a sudden, then they started ticking back up again. Yeah, I just sent you the article. That'd be a good one to talk about. It talks specifically. So like every uh, people that are following like market predictions that are nationwide, they just need to just remember every local market so different. Phoenix specifically, we have a lot of inventory right now. Mm -hmm. So we are definitely we boomed and we're busting right now um, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Eddie, go show this this uh, smart thing that this guy did for home costs. <laughs> he he bought a uh, he goes and he's kind of pricing out how much an apartment would cost him, and he's trying to price out you know the cost of living in in uh, in any area. <laughs> and so he comes up with this idea because he saw it somewhere else where he buys this apartment on a cruise ship. So all of his food is basically catered for him. He even could get a laundry service. He gets to travel the world and he lives. It's actually cheaper for him to live on the cruise ship in this apartment than it would be for him to actually own an apartment. At least from San Diego. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, think about it though. So if you had a, you know, a, a retirement limited income and you were able to buy a space they even have medical care on there. So if you're like, you're a retired couple and you have a, you could buy a, a decent apartment on a cruise ship. That isn't necessarily a terrible plan. Is it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, have you ever been on a cruise ship? I hate them personally. I, I can't do it. My vertigo is goes nuts. I can't. Mm -mm. Christina says, no, but have you, so you've been on one? Yeah, I've been on one. Mm -mm. Oh my Never gosh. Again. Have you ever been on one? I've never, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm meant for the seas. I, think I am I'm, not. <laughs> nope. Nope. I think, nope. I think I will stay on land. Yeah. I, I was one of those things that was our Eddie and I's first vacation since we had gotten married that we did together. I was like, you know, we lived in Florida. I'm like, let's just do a cruise. Everybody says they're fun. I was so glad that it was like only a four day cruise. Cause when I got off of there, I mean, I was like walking like this. I had an inner ear infection. The food was meh. Like everybody's like, oh, the food is so good. They have ample food, but it doesn't, it is not good. <laughs> no, no. What's no, your, no. what's your, do you like seafood? I love seafood. Where's love your go-to seafood place? Or is it in somewhere nearby or somewhere you've traveled to? Drago's. So here in Baton Rouge is Drago's. Drago's. It's good. delicious. Is there, do you like seafood? I do, but I don't think there's that great seafood down here. I went to um, San Diego once. I think so in the desert. <laughs> No, I went to San Diego once and I was thinking that, oh, for some reason, beach cities have like fresh like seafood. So I went to the seafood restaurant thinking it was all fresh. Turns out I was just a chain restaurant and it was just happy to be in San Diego. But yeah, no, I would love to ever. I love I would love to try and um, eat fresh seafood once. But the, somebody said they like how you talk about home ownership and they yeah. even having talks with their kids. Once people start hearing what I have to say, they don't think I'm another stinking realtor trying to sell them. Oh, you know, we're all stinking realtors. <laughs> stinking realtors. <laughs> we're all realtors. Stinking um, realtors. <laughs> Eddie, if you can scroll down to the, there's a chart that says boom, bust, boom, boom, or something like that. Uh -huh. And that's, that'll be what I'm talking about. I think Christina likes seeing it. Just go down, down, down. The, like, they're, they're talking about affordability. Yeah, it actually, so it actually says that affordability is going to get healed by the rising income, which is an interesting theory. I don't agree with it. But, I was gonna um, say, the, so corporations gonna all of a sudden get, get know, a golden card. I know, card just just scroll down. People? I know. It's, okay, everything is there's good and bad in everything. Yeah. I just scroll down. Um, <laughs> it actually has predictions of each major city 
when affordability would be restored. Look at there it is right there. So there's boom bust markets. There's no boom, but still a bust markets like San Francisco just busted and never boomed. Uh, mainly in the south, there was boom and there was no bust. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like you're you're number four. I think Baton Rouge falls in number four, which if you scroll down, um, no boom, no bust. You guys never went up and never went down. I'm assuming. We we uh, we we just have a lack of supply, so we remain flat. So do you boomed and it didn't bust? Yeah, but we're we're seeing more negotiation now. So it went yeah. from everything was selling like hotcakes, but we never were getting like hundred thousand dollars over asking price. You know, people are pretty realistic here. You know, there are lots of people that walked away from deals because they were like, uh-uh. but um, it was easy to sell anything. I mean, anything you put a sign in the yard, anybody could sell it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, then you know everything kind of remained flat when we're still flat. But anything under under like two hundred fifty thousand is like a unicorn. You can't find anything under two hundred fifty thousand. And before the pandemic, you could find a lot. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, Charles G says, "Nice biceps, Charles." Yeah. What was that? That was my super chat. So, oh. so one of my one of my uh, viewers actually made that. So every time somebody gave me a super chat, Eddie could play that. That's nice. <laughs> they sent it to me. Uh, Charles says, how do you guys think uh, a crash, huge correction isn't coming? Home taxes aren't insurance is going up. People are being laid off. Student loans have been being paid. Uh, when does it fall? I don't I don't have a crystal ball. And I agree at some point something's going to happen. There's no that we can't, it's not sustainable. It's just not the the home prices are not sustainable. I don't know what the correction will be. I don't know how it's going to look. And in every market, like Javier was saying earlier, it's going to look different. You're going to see more significant price changes into the markets that had the, saw the most significant increases during the last couple of years. So they're going to see the most price corrections. Is it all going to come tumbling down and crash to the ground like it did in 2008? There's no factors currently that are saying that that's even possible. We don't have the increase of supply of homes like we did in 2008. Not as many people have gotten kooky loans like interest-only loans and predatory lending practices. We don't have those type of people that own homes. Over 42% of homes in the United States are already mortgage-free. Um, there's so many different things that are that would not cause a significant crash like it did in 2008. I'm not saying that it isn't possible. And the only thing, the only factor I can see as causing a crash, a significant crash, is if the job market absolutely tanks and people don't have the money to pay their mortgage. Then we could see an increase in foreclosures. With that being said, if you're going through the foreclosure process, it takes months, even years, before you ever see those houses hit the open market. And if you didn't know during the last crash, you know where most of those foreclosed homes went to, it didn't go to the average person on the market. You saw lots of foreclosed houses, but a good portion of those smaller homes went to corporate investors. And that's how they figured out they could make money on them to rent them back out. Woo! (laughs) I've said this before. (laughs) Javier, we're in the presence of royalty. Look at this. Jerome Powell is here. Congratulations. Hello, Jerome. I have a lot to say to you. There's no such things as crashes on real estate. Others and others hold uh, such value. It's always a V recovery. Yeah, I mean, I I always say if the the home prices in your area drop or under 
um, 30% of the height of the market, then that's a, that's a crashing market, but they never go to zero. Even in the worst housing market in history, we never saw home prices go to zero, right? Is that a question? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm still thinking about that previous super chat. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's ever gone to zero. <laughs> what were you talking crazy. about that last super chat? Well, it's just, so So the question was, how do you guys think a huge crash isn't coming? So it's just, there's an insinuation there that we're predicting that it isn't coming. Um, but then the thing is, is like, I don't think things are black and white, right? There's gray and there's this idea that things are not going to crash, which they're saying we're doing. They're saying we're saying, which obviously you corrected. Um, and then there's people that are thinking it's going to completely crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an interesting anecdote, I offer, first of all, I hope, I hope something happens because I think prices are really overinflated and um, I wish there was a way for prices to drop without affecting people. And then, because if, I mean, it, you have to think about it, if prices drop, it's going to affect a lot of people's home ownership. Um, I wish there was a way to safely do that, but I don't see a way, but an interesting anecdote is in Phoenix, the beginning of the year, uh, May 2022 was absolute peak of the, of the values. It started, value started dropping because interest rates started going up. So supply just shot up and demand went down, right? Mm-hmm. So over the point of that six months, prices dropped drastically and there was a definitely crash happening. But what happened in January is it started kind of going back up and it recovered itself. What happened? Well, what happened is people were so in sync with the housing market that people were being told a crash is here. Prices are dropping. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. That it somehow created a, a positive sentiment and a, a draws of home buyers came out the first quarter of 2023 and went, went on a buying spree. And that propped up the market. And I and I, I think I show it all the time on my channel, but I, I show this to people's local market data too. It, it, it propped back the market up and whatever crash happened was recovered. Um, I think the interesting part, in addition to a smallhorn said, is there is so many people synced with what's going on with the market that they're messing with nature. They're messing with what it's supposed to do. So, yes, we hope that health affordability gets better, but we also know there's other people in play that are there. Everybody's listening to that get hundreds of thousands of views that are predicting these green things, and whenever they're being told. The market's going down. It's crashing. Everybody rushes out to buy a house, and it just stops any kind of actual improvement. So, it's it's people's like it, it's it's so ironic because this question is how do you not think it's happening? But it's also his in tuneness with the market or people's in tuneness with the market that's preventing any kind of crash or any kind of fixing from even happening in the first place. Um, whereas I don't I wasn't around in the real estate game when the crash happened back in the day, but the what was the news sources then? Fox News, media? No, that that, that wasn't even it. It was um because you know real estate was it wasn't necessarily the sexiest topic in the world. So yeah. you were actually looking at you were actually looking at like message boards from lenders. Um, so you would like go on message boards and then like there were blog posts from other real estate agents. So you were following what they were writing about about their specific market. And then, you know, of course, there was like Realtor.com that had their publication. Um, I think Housing Wire was another one. Um, but they, they but they were only putting out an article once a month. 
they weren't even like you know now they have two or three a day but they that, weren't doing so basically so it was channels, like yeah yeah it just wasn't as it's just not wasn't as, as sexy as a topic as it as it has been in several years and so you know they know that housing is important to people yeah and they know it sells newspapers so you know the headlines don't necessarily read exactly what was is in the articles themselves you if you are a headline reader only you're gonna be highly disappointed because what they say like the crash is coming then you read in the article well not really <laughs> You know, eventually something is going to happen that will affect housing prices. Eventually there, I mean, it has to, this is unsustainable. We know you and I know this because the average person not being able to afford a home and, and the significant amount of people that are going to be ready to purchase a home that can't find a home, something's going to give in one way or the other. It can't continue down this road. Mm -hmm. um, so it will be interesting. I don't know what, in my opinion, it's going to be jobs. If jobs start failing, then people can't pay their mortgage. Then we're going to see um, more foreclosures hitting the market. I don't. I don't know what else could could do. What, what people could do. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's, a, it's just fascinating topics. Um, someone said that they they know that we don't represent the crash side. I don't know. I feel like what side? If there was a side, I don't necessarily think we're on either side. I think we're like in the middle right kind of flirting with both sides um which well I, I try to play both sides i try to understand where people are coming from when they say it's all crashing right and if you look at like uh if you if you were uh -oh. only to look uh -oh. at uh phoenix arizona uh -oh. um uh you and uh austin texas and uh some air like if you're only taking the worst markets on the southwest of the United States, then you would be like, yeah, like this is scary, right? But then you have to put in perspective how much new construction is in that area. Why do why do home prices are, are why are they adjusting like that? Why are builders giving more incentive in those areas? What's the difference than it would be for the average person that's living in the other side of the part of the United States where they're still seeing increases in home prices? Because somebody that looks at like those headlines and they live in New Jersey. And they're like, how come there's not, they're not 20 to 30% off? How come I'm not getting, you know, my builder's not giving me a percentage off my uh, mortgage rates? How come I'm not getting closing costs? doesn't make any sense, right? That's, if, housing markets are low, are very local. Every single one of them are going to be very local. But, um, yeah. But you know, if you look at it as a whole, <laughs> super chat. Thank you. Oh, we got another super chat, Javier. Says, I live in Cole County, Pennsylvania. Average sale price in my town is $50,000. Should I stay or should I go? Do you have opportunities for you in your uh, future? I mean, is there is there more industry heading to, towards your area? Do you plan on living there for more than seven years? And in those seven years, do you think that that town is going to be going up or going down in value? Those are all things you need to ask yourself. You need to make yourself a pros and cons sheet of the area and the houses in your area. Uh, including like the pros of the local uh, schools and tell yourself this, is this right for you? That's the only way to make that decision. What do you say, Javier? I agree. It's, it's a hard, it's hard when people say, should I move? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <I'm trying> to, <laughs> uh -oh. <it's> real, <laughs> it's a good uh -oh. question. Um, I, 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 I'll, I'll forget when I was talking to my friend who's a lender and I sold my house and I was buying one and I was like, all right, well, I'm asking you for advice. If I sell this, I'm homeless. 
And he's like, I hate when people do that. They always just go like, well, I need you to make this giant decision for me or else I, there's this massive consequence and it's your fault because people don't want to make those massive decisions. So they want other people to make it for them. Um, I think I think, you know, the answer you just got to dig deep. You already have it. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to two YouTubers who don't know anything about your personal situation. Right. And that's what I always tell. Don't, don't, don't just listen to Javier. Don't listen to just me. There's plenty, plenty of people making content about real estate. There's plenty of news articles out there about real estate. You know, like, don't just listen to us. You know, please don't. Please, yeah, for the love of God, there's, don't just there's different. Us. There's different flavors for you. If you... <laughs> If you want your opinion reinforced about how the markets crash, there's that. If there's people out there that are saying that everything's going to be perfectly fine, there's even that for you. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to listen to someone who's in the, kind of like in the middle like us, there's us. So there's there's it's out there. Whatever you, your opinion is, it can be solidified or reinforced anywhere out there. Jerome Powell says crashes in traditional market is 30% plus. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerome Powell is like, he likes my channel. He shows up every Sunday. I have a little Does commentary. He? What does he think about his face using all the thumbnails nowadays? Oh, I know with the laser beams. I've done it. <laughs> the laser I've done beams. It. Yeah, it was, I've done it. Yeah. Amanda <laughs> says Christina and Javier are the most pragmatic, pay attention, move when you can side. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm realistic. I'm I'm realistic about the housing market. If if I if I feel like I definitely think there's a, an air of the feeling that is completely different than it was a year ago at this time. Uh, I see more real estate agents that are nervous, mostly because they haven't been able to sell anything um, because real estate hasn't been moving, you know, in my area, especially like it's just not moving. Houses are for sale. They just can't, you know, buyers can't afford them. They have plenty of home buyers, but there isn't anything in the area that's affordable for them. So it's like they're stuck sending listings that won't sell because the buyers can't afford what they have available to them. So um, there's more real estate agents that are dipping out right now, which that kind of weeds out some bad blood anyway. So which is fine. Um, there's bad blood. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Jeez, they're dying. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like you get some, you get some people that just don't know how to do this business and have no interest. They're just trying to make money, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You've yeah, worked with those agents that don't want to work, and you end yeah. up carrying all the all the weight, and you end up doing all the work, and then they just come and pick up their paycheck. You've worked with those people. They exist. Yeah, they're the ones that are still around, though. <laughs> no, the, no. Oh, a lot man. of them in our area are not like that. Usually the ones that are the biggest hustlers are the ones that have the best systems and they get the job done. I like those people. Going 90 minutes, you usually go 90 minutes. Um, I go, I go as long as the people want it. The people want, I, I don't, I don't deny the people. Woman of the people. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Mason is my actual name. She gives a little sure? applause. <laughs> Isn't that the best screen name? Uh, Two, I'm going on uh, one and a half hours. Smash that like button, y'all. You have any questions? Please put it in the in the chat. You're more than welcome to ask your questions. Javier, if, if anytime you need to dip out, you just let me know, and I'll put it. No, up I'm on good. I'm, I'm back home now. We're good. Okay. Ryan says, uh, "What do you think? 93% of home buyers have regrets about purchasing a home in 2023. Why do you think 93% of home buyers have regrets about purchasing a house? And where is that statistic from?" Uh, it looks like it's Orange County Register. 
Hmm. Um, looks like. Uh, wait, no, it looks like Yahoo Finance. Yeah, I'll share it. Yeah, Yahoo. Let's uh, like Yahoo. Okay, let's put. By the way, this is what you guys should be doing yourself. Uh, anytime you see any kind of article or any kind of YouTube title with this kind of stuff, just yeah. research it. Just like, okay, where is this data from? Uh-huh. We're not, you know, we're not just poke hole. Even if something, even if it's something both of us say, or, or she says, or I say, poke a hole at any any opinion. It really. So let, I'm, I think I found one. Well, if, if you really think about it, though, if you bought a house in 2023 and you bought a house at the 8% interest rate and then you saw interest rates coming down right now, I'm sure you'd feel a little a little jaded, a little crappy about it, right? That makes sense. <laughs> you know? It looks I'm like thinking. clever real estate is the one that that um, that is the, the main article that people are using. Okay. Um. Put Isn't Clever Real Estate a, a real estate company? I don't know. Yeah, they're... Uh, Eddie, if you could scroll that down a little bit. I want to know where he got the the 93%. Six reasons yeah, it's from Clever. If you, uh, I, I put the link in... Um, okay. I'm just interested. Uh, this, according to a new study by Clever Real Estate, a whopping 93% of recent home buyers and 95% of Home sellers have regrets. Why? I know why the home sellers would have a great regrets. If you sold your home and then you had to go buy another one for that interest rate, that makes sense. Up 72% and 90% in 2022, respectively. Majority of Americans think it's a bad time to sell a home is 51%. And even worse time to buy is 53%. The new study is a whopping recent home buyer. Did they actually purchase though? Data they, includes a thousand home buyers who purchased a home. So that's the data that they're using. One thousand. They pulled a thousand people. That's it. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, I, I I put the data on the 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 Eddie on the private chat. Um, list with clever.com slash research slash home. Uh, yeah, it says a thousand a thousand people. They uh, interviewed a thousand people, and they a thousand people. Ninety five percent of those a thousand people. I'm looking at the at the little charts in the below. It says data includes a thousand home buyers. Data and then one of them is like data includes 248% home buyers. Um it seems hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't think there's a way for people to survey every single person who bought a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times uh, whoever said that quest has the question. Uh, first of all, I don't blame you why it didn't catch it caught your attention. I think, especially being on YouTube, so just so you understand how how we work, if we see a title that will know will trigger you on an emotional level, that will get your attention and get you to click the video, and especially if it's something as sensational as ninety three percent of home buyers regret their home purchase, they're gonna use that as a title and they're gonna use it to get your attention, and they're gonna fill it in for an eight to fifteen minute video where they're not maybe adding much context or kind of just reading their article or they're just kind of going at it. So um, this, it seems very unlikely that they researched, they talked to every single person who's bought a house. Is mm-hmm. it the best time to buy in 2023? Maybe not. But to say that over 90% of people regretted it, I think most people just out of pride would say, no, wouldn't say that. It looks mm-hmm. like if you scroll down, Eddie, you look at the charts at the bottom, it says like a thousand people uh, or, or something along those lines. In that it, article, it, it said it too. It's, that we had it's, yeah, it's 
There, that's where that's the line right there. Nearly 93% of people, and compared to 88% in 2022. So apparently, 88 people percent of people regret their own purchase in 2022. Um, all right, so it's up a little bit from the year before. So according to this, it, people have always regretted it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like 88 is terrible already. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's just like okay, yeah. I'm sure every not, not everybody loves their home poachers. I, I mean, I certainly. I, you know, I regret certain parts of it as well, but let's just really think about who's presenting this information. What's the intention here? Um, does it affect you in any way? Is it going to persuade you? Is it rein- what, what thought is it reinforcing? And if it's mm-hmm. reinforcing that it's not a good time to buy, then great. It served its purpose. If it's influencing you in, uh, in another way, let's just think about things a little differently, right? Let's not make our, our, our major life decisions based off of titles and thumbnails and, and articles and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think it's just listening to all the sides and then in, investigating. Like, if that sounds like an outlandish number to you, where do they get that number from? You know, like look into it a little deeper than a paper cup because that happens to me all the time. And I'll be like, what? What is this? You know, and then I'm like really peeling back the layers. I'm like, oh, it's like sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll tuck in a, a number into an article and I'm like, is that for real? And then I really start peeling back the layers. I'm like, holy cow, people need to know this. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 I think it's a good idea to read all the articles. And anytime you um, see any kind of sp- statistic, where is it coming from? How many people are there polling and what's their intention? That's a that's a good that was good. Javier, what's their intention with making this article? All right, here we go. Living in Omaha with David Matney. $10 soup chat. Bad news sell. I found, I found the realtor. I found the realtor. <laughs> found the realtor. The realtor's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bad news sells. It works on evening news and it works on YouTube. It absolutely does. You know, like, and you know, sometimes the intent is. Sometimes the intent is just for you to click on the video and then they they update or they clarify more in the content that they're making. I make videos that get, you know, the titles will get people to click on them, but I clear up my intention and what I meant by that in the video. I do with these live streams, you know, homes, uh, home, home builders aren't happy. You know, let's talk about builder sentiment. They aren't happy. You know? <laughs> so, that's what we do. Jonathan, I don't think we're assigning morality to it. We're not saying it's right or wrong. I th- we're just telling you how it works, right? We're showing you how the sausage is made so that way you can make more educated decisions. 100%. Yeah. You, you can't hate the players. You got to hate the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, it's just, that's how YouTube is. I mean, if we keep making, I was trying to make a video and I said, <laughs> Christina, the title and thumbnail, she said, this is a terrible title. <laughs> I did. I did. And it was just like, it was just like super educational, like guide or something, or whatever. And she was just like, no, like it that's has to, it's just like, it has to be, it has to it's just, yeah. And that's how they sell newspapers, yeah. you know, like the National Enquirer would not have turned into the magazine that it was unless they had ridiculous headlines with terrible pictures on it, making people look really bad. You know, they always love to do the things with the royals, you know, showing somebody picking their nose like Prince Charles caught picking his nose and all he was doing was this. And they found the picture and he's got his eyes like this and they put it on the front and people buy it because they were like, oh, I want to see him picking his nose. You know, That's what we're doing. The same thing we're doing on YouTube. Same thing that they do for newspapers. But it's our job to clarify in the, the in the meat and the potatoes of it exactly what we mean by that, you know, mm-hmm. 
anyways. Living in Omaha, David says, uh, how many people in 2019 regret buying a home? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know how many people in 2019 regret buying it. Uh, purchased in March and have no regrets. Yeah, Man, I'm super natty. Look at you. <laughs> oh, you're looking at their pro profile picture. <laughs> wow. I wish yeah. I looked like that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, you know, Javier, if people are looking for a real estate agent in uh, the Phoenix, Arizona area, how can they get a hold of you? Listen, I what I want to do is if you're actually interested in doing that, let's research your local zip code. Let's research your buying situation and let's see if it actually makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. If it does make sense, then let's go for it. Um, I'm not here to be a realtor plug or anything. Let's just have that conversation. And, um, but I will say if you want, uh, I don't know, what would you say? First time data oriented, not optimistic, not negative, just like presenting things how they are home, home buyer information. I think you're the most is. realistic first time home buyer channel. I've is that what I am? I don't yeah, even the know most the realistic. You're 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 not an optimist, you're not a pessimist. You're like, this is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it's just yeah. these are the numbers. I don't make them up, you know. Like exactly. it either looks good or it looks bad, you know, and then that's what you show. I love tacos. And, you, and you're funny on top of it. You're very funny. I love, I love soda. <laughs> What's your know, favorite soda? What's your favorite pop, Christina? Uh, I used to like Coca-Cola's, but I have to get the Mexican Cokes in the bottle. Like the ones Do you that know that's a bunch of bologna? You know, the it's the same exact sugar? Coke. Bologna. It's not true. So it actually, not, it I actually, in the, in the 80s, they changed the formula in Mexico. So it's actually the same exact way they make it here now. But it's now. made with pure cane sugar. No, nope, it's pure, different now. It's it says it right now. on the front of, it says it on the it's bottle. It's different now. I, they look they at lie. They're Jonathan, telling me that they lie. Jonathan Miles described you perfectly. I like this guy, a realtor, not, not being, oh, wait, I think it's not the, the realtor who doesn't like being a realtor. That's me. Um, anyways, uh, it's no, it's a lie. It's not true. I, oh my well, gosh, I, I bought it. I bought the scam because I only buy Mexican. Cooks. It used to be good back in the day. It used to be the real <laughs> like cane sugar. Yeah. Well, it says it on the bottle. I mean, I, I've bought it into the lie. I only bought them in the glass. What box. bottle? The glass bottles that you get from Costco. It'll have oh. those they, I don't know. You, yeah. Anyway. Oh, anyway, maybe you're right. If you're looking for a real estate agent not in the Phoenix Arizona <laughs> area, you can always visit my website at christinasmallhorn.com and fill out. Just hit one of the pink buttons. Fill out the form, and I'll find you a real estate agent in your area. Actually, can I plug something too? Sure, go ahead. So, um, have you guys ever heard of bidets? So, I have this company called Javier's Bidets coming out pretty soon. <laughs> Javier'sBidets.com forward slash Christina Smallhorn and Eddie Smallhorn are the best. Uh, we're going to be selling them. Um, I love a bidet. <laughs> I love, we have them all through it's, our house. I have, I, have, I have several versions. I have the housing market version that just completely cleans you out. Um, <laughs> we have uh, first time home buyer ones that also is pretty aggressive. Um, sandpaper is included as well. So, yeah, if you guys are interested, um, it's coming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think uh, why did you put your feet pic for free on the internet? That's what my kids said, but I made this for free. Kidding. Yeah, I didn't know that feet were a thing. My kids talk about that all the time that I put feet pictures on my um but days are website. amazing, MH. They're they're really life-changing. I don't know why like we need to start and that's why Javier's bidets.com. You guys get yourself a bit the housing market version of the day. We're gonna have a small horn version now that's gonna comes with the giant mug. <laughs> and uh 
Hey, you can get these mugs. There's an, an affiliate link in my description <laughs> for these mugs. No lie. Amazon. Debbie, it's not a joke. Javiersbidays.com. Go check it out. <laughs> Well, she probably the thing is, is she's so on it. She probably typed it in there and looked, and there wasn't. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if it's real. My moderators are on it. They are on it, and she looked. There is, there's probably not, not there. And she's all right. If you guys are looking to uh, listen to us yammer about bidets in the car on the way to work, you can go to um, anywhere you would listen to podcasts. I'm right there. Just go real estate for everyone with Christina Smallhorn. All of this, uh, all these live streams are downloaded and put up there. So if you want to share it with some friends, I really appreciate it. And if you happen to get a little thing that says, would you like to break this podcast? Make sure you give it five stars and talk about how wonderful Javier is. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to buy the domain Javier's bidet. Are you really? Like, you go on Google domains. They're the cheapest. I'm about to. I thought I got a name cheap. <laughs> there you go. Even Jerome Powell's laughing at us. <laughs> all right everybody i hope you have a fantastic week and if you have any questions about real estate make sure you put them after this after this has gone live and it's published on the old youtubes put it in the comment section below i do read those for the next couple of days and uh, i'll i'll answer everything i can with the answer if i have the answer if i don't i'll let you know that too i'm pretty good about that <laughs> after right, a couple of days it. though i don't answer them javiersbidet.com got it <laughs> did you buy it yep all right. Are you going to open a storefront? I'm going to help. You. Have it go to my website. Okay. <laughs> You're a mess. You're a mess. Anyway. And then Javi. You like it? Call me Javi. Yeah. No, I just, it's just, you know. I got you a head movement.